It's This Week in Bourbon, where we think there should be a minor league baseball team named the Squibs. And here's your headlines for March 25th, 2022. American whiskey tariffs have finally come to an end, and Sotheby's has broken a new record for American whiskey at auction, fetching a cool $1.63 million. And Michter's Distillery has announced that it will be waiting until 2023 to release its 10-year bourbon. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another great episode of This Week in Bourbon coming at you. Kenny and Ryan here tonight. Hey, has it already been a week already? It has since the last time. <laughs> it has been. But even, what was it? Last week we recorded a little bit early, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because I was out That's of town. True. So we, we have another day or two of, of, of news to kind of scatter in through here. So I'm kind of excited to talk about Some it. But good stuff. We got good topics. Good topics. Nothing really about the squibs, though. I just wanted to put oh, it in there. Man. How can we go an episode without talking about squibs? I just thought that was a good one. You always got to have squib, squib talk. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also been some other kind of hot talk in our Discord recently, and that's about NFTs because there was a new mint that happened about two weeks ago called Party Horses that we had talked about here on This Week in Bourbon because if you mint one of these Party Horses, you get a limited edition Maker's Mark Party Horses bottle. I got two of them. 
And I know there's a few people also that, that picked him up. So I'll be interested to see exactly what my first foray into NFTs gets me if, if it gets me anywhere. Who knows? <laughs> I can't remember. Explain the party horse thing again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I mean, they're just crazy looking pictures of horses, either, uh, you know, actually like what you would think of, you know, in the infield or dolled up in the paddock area, like just whatever. Like there's just they have, uh, all different kinds of ways. Do they have a different letter with each one? There's like well, B, no, there's B-L-A-N-T-O-N-S. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That was a <laughs> bad <laughs> joke. Uh, I get it. No, I get it. They should have, they should have probably done a little plan blanton. Or S-Q-U-I-B-S. <laughs> <laughs> go squibs, go. Now I think uh, I think it's fun, but we'll see what happens with it. I did I did find out though that they're going to be hosting a derby party this year, and Diplo is going to be headlining oh, nice. the party. So there we go, Diplo coming to Louisville. If you're a party horse, is NFT holder, one of the OG of house music. Mm-hmm. Love Diplo. So we'll, I got two. You want to be my date for that one? Is Lauren not going? <laughs> I don't know. We haven't discussed that part yet. I don't think I've told her that I bought two of them. <laughs> I know you're coming. Yeah. Get your glow sticks out. <laughs> Dust them off. All right. Let's go ahead and let's dive into some bourbon news. So the first one's a little bit of a, of a weird one because we all know that there's scammers out there. There's, I probably get, what do you get? At least 15 calls a day from scammers? Oh, gosh. Yeah, that my. My warranty's up for renewal, That I, I, my new insurance. I mean, you name it, I get them all Right day. now I'm getting it's, ones for mortgage. It's really weird. Yeah, rates they're went spoofing, up. You should, they're spoofing you should global buy, numbers too. You should get a higher interest rate. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's what they're going to give me is a higher interest rate. But anyway. I get like random texts. It's like, somebody really, we have a hot buyer for your house. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> Just yeah. leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I promise you I'm not going to sell you my house. Could you imagine yeah. getting scammed out of your house? How terrible would that be? Uh, there's somebody, it's like those grandmothers getting taken advantage by the, you know, those crazy emails that were like, I'm trapped in this country or whatever. Send me some money. <laughs> Somewhere in I, I got a Nigerian prince that wants to send me some money. I just have to wire him a few bucks first. Right. Yeah. It must work or people wouldn't be doing it. I mean, there has to, there has to be some sort of ROI on it, but. There is a new corporate piracy scam that's coming off the people that are calling themselves Diageo Partners LTD. And this is a fake organization that's been passing themselves off as the genuine Diageo in order to scam would-be investors out of money. As reported in The Mirror, the scam begins with emails that claim to be from Martin Lewis's money-saving expert, recommending that the reader invest in Diageo to secure up a 3.5% interest with bonds that quote-unquote come with financial services compensation scheme protection. And these messages are sent from the email address at sales at diageopartners.co.uk. However, that has no connection with either the money savings expert or the real Diageo. Even a fake office address was registered for the company and a video on the Diageo Partners Limited Edition, sorry, LTD website has an embedded 0208 phone number that is different than the one on its contacts page. Diageo proper has been alerted to the imitation scam and external lawyers are acting on its behalf and have issued cease and desist, noti- cease and desist notifications to Diageo Partners LTD. Why don't you just spend all that time and energy and like create a like a nice business concept, something that doesn't screw. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a lot of effort and stress that goes into like scamming people. It's like, why don't you use that energy to do something positive? But uh, yeah. 
there's, like I said, there's got to be an ROI or people wouldn't do it. So they've got, Oh, I'm sure. But I think it's an, this is kind of a little bit different. I mean, we get text messages and phone calls, but this is a legitimate website with emails and trying to really scam people. So you're just I know, trying to, it would seem like, uh, it seemed like somebody that want to invest in Diageo would be savvy enough to like not be able to, <laughs> you know, to not bite the bait or take the bait or whatever. So I guess you could bite a bait. I mean, that's yeah, exactly what fish does anyway. Right. You're always out there fishing. That's yeah. I, I would hope that people don't fall for it, but there's, there's gotta be somebody that does. And that's going to be some grandma. That's going to be like, Oh, three and a half percent. That sounds pretty good. It's better. My CD at the bank. Give me <laughs> a half percent. So yeah, my savings account 0.16%. That doesn't really do me much. So it's better than my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> So the Biden administration said on Tuesday this past week that it will roll back the Trump era tariffs on British steel and aluminum, 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 moving to resolve the transatlantic trade clash that had soured relations with this key ally. Under this agreement, the United States will allow a certain volume of metals from the United Kingdom to be imported duty free starting June 1st. In return, Britain agreed to lift tariffs on more than $500, sorry, $500 million dollars. Worth, yeah, $500, that wouldn't be much. $500 million worth <laughs> Great of, deal. <laughs> of American whiskey, blue jeans, motorcycles, and other products, removing barriers imposed on U.S. exports during the trade spats during the Trump administration. The announcement, which came to the conclusion of two days of trade talks between British and American officials, removed some of the last remaining vestiges of the transatlantic trade clashes from the last few years. So American whiskey... Take care of the EU and now thrown in there. In blue jeans, yeah, blue yeah, jeans and bourbon. So American. Yeah, I wonder. Uh, yeah, what the port situation is like in UK. Like they may be getting screwed sending aluminum here. It's gonna <laughs> might True. not make it in the country for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's just backed up at the port. And if they want whiskey or blue jeans or motorcycles, it's gonna take a little bit to get them over there anyway. So. At least they have until June to to get that fixed, but nobody's going to send anything till after June anyway. So you're just going to wait for that time bomb to hit. Yeah, but this is great news. I mean, um, the thirst for American whiskey, especially bourbon, is you know we saw the European tariff go down. Um, now the British one, this is huge for uh, American whiskey. So uh, it you can see why. All these bourbon companies keep uh, building bigger distilleries, more warehouses, cranking more juice, because I think, uh, yeah, we're going to make a big splash across the pond. And I think if I recall correctly, you were the one that predicted a lot of this about a year and a half ago and saying all this is going to go away pretty soon. Yeah, I may have some insiders that said it was going (laughs) to all go away, but I won't get my sources. I got... In my Rolodex of lawn care customers, but uh, <laughs> may or may not have some lobbyists and politicians in the in the uh, Congress, in the House, and the Senate. Okay, there you go. Well, that's you always know the best people. I'm just hanging out here in the basement trying to write down bourbon news. So good thing that you're out there shaking hands. Yeah, but you get the squib updates, so that's more <laughs> that's important. All that matters. <laughs> So Woodford Reserve, who is also the presenting sponsor of the Kentucky Derby, has announced a new partnership with, I'm going to probably, Forme, Formier, it's it's with the, the, the E with the thing on it. The French thing. Yeah, like Forme. Hermes. Yeah, yeah, Hermes, kind of like that. But Forme Millinery Company, and they're the featured Milner of the 148th Kentucky Derby. 
and for this year's Run for the Roses. So it was created by Master Milliner and owner of the Formula Milliner, Jenny. Oh, I'm, I'm just going to keep going forward because I'm just going to keep <laughs> ruining this up. But anyway. The hell's have, a milliner? Uh, well, I, I'm getting ready to tell you. Okay. Uh, they are announcing the Woodford Reserve Derby Collection, which is a limited edition of series of custom-made men's fedoras and women's derby-brimmed hats sold exclusively at the Woodford Reserve Distillery and at the shop in Louisville, Kentucky. So they designed these hats for some of the world's most fashionable people, including the former First Lady Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, McDonough, and, of course, Neil Diamond. Did you say McDonough? McDonough. I almost did. Uh, Madonna. <laughs> and Neil That would Diamond. be a hell of a sandwich. <laughs> they, they should probably work on that one. It's got to be, maybe it's on their secret menu. Who knows? But yeah. these handmade hats incorporate oak from Woodford Reserve barrels. And the men's hats will feature wooden bow ties, while the women's hats will be decorated with red roses made from the bourbon barrels. They're available while supplies last for a cool $675 each, and they will be numbered and co-branded between both companies and presented in a beautiful custom box. Hats sold at the Woodford Reserve Distillery will feature a special bottle of Woodford Reserve, and hats sold at Form will be, come with a Woodford Reserve Derby cocktail mixers, the Mint Julep and the Woodford Spire. Start looking pretty for Derby. Dang, that's fancy, man. That is. Do you wear a fedora? I just wear flat bills. They got a flat bill with like... Some bourbon, bourbon I, I barrels. What, on they it. may be able to do one for you. No, the the fedora thing. I don't know. Do you ever watch Workaholics? Somewhat. No. Yeah, there was one good quote in there where all three of them were wearing fedoras. They're like, no, no, no. It's only one fedora per crew. You can't have more than one fedora. So, <laughs> yeah, and, I was thinking the Instinct guy, Joey. I think was wearing the fedora. He was. <laughs> it makes fedora. sense. There was one fedora guy. He was it. Yep. Like only one fedora guy per crew. You gonna wait in line and get one? I'll tell you what, I had to try it on first. I've got, I've got a weird thing where I, I feel like I have a, I have a small head. And so if it doesn't fit, then it's just going to swallow me and I'm just going to look ridiculous. So I, I'm going to have to, have to pass until I can cover try your, it on. Cover your eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be like one of those people. It's just, yeah, it's just over my eyebrows and kind of like hiding behind well, it. You can get a Lauren one, a fascinator or whatever. The oh, ladies hats are it. called. Yeah. For the the two and a half hours, she'll wear it and go. This is it. this is too much. I can't wear this anymore. Best six hundred seventy five dollars you ever spent. <laughs> but hey, it comes with a bottle of Woodford. It all That's makes good. it. That's up true. For it. And the McDonough. The McDonough, yes. <laughs> so we all know that there's a lot of, I guess you could say, weird state laws everywhere, and Ohio has one as well called Keeper of a Place Law, and that's been on the books since 1908. And what this means is that current law, sorry, the current law allows alcohol to be sold, but not given away at charitable, benevolent, or political events held in private homes. From Tupperware parties to political fundraisers and other charitable events held in private homes, serving alcohol to guests is illegal under Ohio law. And Representative Kristen Boggs, Democrat from, from Columbus, he found himself charged with a first-degree misdemeanor because he invited out-of-work musicians to play at his house during the pandemic and then collected donations while alcohol was being served. Attendees brought beer and food that was shared with other guests, Boggs said, and no money was charged to attend or for the beer, but at the end of the night, a donation hat was passed around for the guests to, to contribute to the, to the musicians. And that's when an undercover police officer stepped forward and charged the host with a keeper of the place violation. The undercover officer discovered Boggs' constituents event after he posted about it on Facebook. House Majority Floor Leader Representative Bill Seitz 
Republican from Green Township, joined Boggs in introducing House Bill 574 to change the current law. And House Bill 574 will permit liquor to be furnished or gifted at these parties. And it'll expand the definition of events to include any not-for-profit social purpose. <laughs> That's crazy. I, what kind of person's a vendetta to just go? I actually, know a, a ver- I actually know a Republican state senator in Ohio very well, and it wouldn't put it... Put it it wouldn't surprise me if he was behind this, <laughs> just trying to take down a Democrat at all costs. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, at the very end, they the Democrat and Republican both came together and put the bill together. But I mean, it's just ridiculous that an undercover police officer would go and try to put something that's yeah, I love an old law from 1908 to say, I know you're trying to raise money for musicians and out of work people here, but we're going to have to arrest you for this misdemeanor. Oh yeah, politics is brutal, man. That's. There, there's no shame trying to raise money for un, unemployed musicians. And they're like, no, we're going to use this law against you. That's funny. No good deed goes unpunished. That's the lesson nope. there. I know. Well, while we're sticking in the Buckeye State, let's keep going because an Ohio man was accused of stealing a bottle of bourbon during the assault on the U.S. Capitol building. And he pleaded guilty on Monday to two counts in the case. Robert Anthony Lyon of Columbus appeared before a U.S. District Judge Reggie B. Walton to plead guilty to one count each of theft of government property and disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building or grounds. Both are Class A misdemeanors that carry a maximum sentence of one year in prison, but prosecutors said in plea paperwork he will face likely a recommendation of around sentence of zero to six months behind bars. Lyon and his friend and co-defendant Dustin Thompson were approached by U.S. Capitol Police around 6 p.m., while sitting at an intersection on the south side of the National Mall. The men told police they were waiting for a rideshare car, but when they went to leave, Thompson picked up a coat rack, which the officers noticed appeared to have been taken from the Capitol. The (laughs) officers then attempted to stop the men, at which point Thompson allegedly fled on foot. Lyon, who did not run, gave the officers his driver's license and Thompson's name, and also allowed him to search his bag. Inside, they found marijuana and a bottle of bourbon. Lyon initially told police that he had entered the that he hadn't entered the Capitol, but officers found a text message on his phone to Thompson reading, "We need to get the fuck out with this trophy." Officers said, and Lyon became visibly nervous when they asked about the text and again denied being in the Capitol. Investigators eventually located surveillance footage featuring uh, Lyon and Thompson entering the rooms inside the Capitol and exiting with the coat rack and the bourbon bottle. Both men were indicted in February on multiple counts, including theft of government property and a felony count of obstruction of an official proceeding. It sounds like the gummy hit hard while they were <laughs> walking around uh, D.C. I mean, how how after the insurrection or whatever, you know, the Capitol store, how could people break into the Capitol and get a coat rack these days? Well, I mean, no, that was from there. I mean, that's they were taking coat racks and bottles of bourbon. I mean, it's just one of the many that so I think it that was we've from seen. that day. Yeah, it was from that day. Oh, I thought you from. were saying this was recently. Okay, I'm no, sorry. No, 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 no. It was, it was from that day. That's what it was from. And oh, so, okay. I thought you meant like this February, not last February. I'm pretty sure that's what it, it's from because these gotcha. things never... That makes more sense. I'm yeah, like, these things don't go fast. And as you've probably seen over the news in probably the past six months, they're slowly charging people that they're caught on cam- catching on camera that were there and entered the building and stuff like that. So I don't... What I don't know if we're going to see anybody else. I don't, they didn't say what kind of bourbon. That that would have been nice to know. Or who they stole it from. Probably from and, John Yarmouth's desk. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or Mitch McConnell. Well, I mean, It'd be cool to have 
Well, their bottles. Dane Crenshaw though likes bourbon too. Huh, I'm interested. I, if if I was, I mean, when I worked at an office, I always had a a bourbon in my desk drawer, and I actually had probably actually had an old granddad bottle and bond. That was my my office bourbon because I didn't. Dang, care you loved your drinking. job. Well, I don't care about I don't care about drinking. <laughs> no, it. I'm, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's something for Thursday, Friday afternoons, kind of just hanging out. And Do you have a new 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 work shirt in your drawer too? Just, <laughs> just in case <laughs> get sloppy. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Didn't have that. But it was always one of those things that's you always want to have a bottle of bourbon at the office, but you don't want to have a good one because you don't want people to take it. Yeah, you don't want to share it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you want to <laughs> share it, but you don't you don't because I wasn't there all the time and I didn't care if people took it, but you don't want to leave something good there because all of a sudden it's gonna be cash before you know it. Very good point. Kidding. Mm-hmm. Well, now that I work from home, the days of having my office bourbon are just within an arm's reach. Well, when we get an office together, I know not to get the good stuff because <laughs> so, you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's just going to be old granddad bottled them, but I might step it up for 114 for you. I don't know. That's pretty good. I like old granddad 114. So, yeah. I wouldn't we'll be too mad. Have to make well, sure. It'd probably be a ton of United in there. <laughs> <laughs> we can't get rid of it. There's so much. Yeah. All right, so keeping going here. Now, we talked about Ohio. Let's go on to their arch rival in Michigan. So Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel has made it very clear in recent years that cracking down on illegal direct-to-consumer shipments on beverage alcohol into this. It's it's like it's it's shortened to BevAlk, and I'm trying to like say it, but to beverage alcohol into the state is a priority, filing a slew of lawsuits as a result of investigations into these shipments. To date, the efforts have secured more than $100,000 in fines against illegal alcohol shippers, and currently there are 17 other lawsuits filed with more on the way, and this is according to the Michigan Liquor Control Commission. These lawsuits all follow a very similar story. So the Michigan Liquor Control Commission reviews common carrier reports, finding that the defendants have shipped beverage alcohol directly to state residents without proper permits. The attorney general then sends them a cease and desist letter. To ensure compliance, the Michigan Liquor Control Commission, they place an order. If that order is fulfilled, still lacking permission and permitting, then legal action is taken. So the Attorney General filed for a preliminary and permanent injunctions under the 21st Amendment Enforcement Act and the Michigan Consumer Protection Act, seeking up to $25,000 for each violation. Boy, it's something better to do. It's like, hey, they're... They're, they're they're taking care of all the potholes in the road with doing this. I guess. <laughs> I guess I don't know. It's seems I like love, a waste I of tax their, dollars, money, but I, whatever. I, I love their method. Taxpayer figure, money. Figuring this out, they go, okay, well, here's an infraction. Well, just to make sure, we're gonna go place a a spoof order on their website. If it gets delivered, we're gonna go find them. <laughs> it's like you're just. It's that entrapment. Is it entrapment? I don't know. It's like take the bait. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's exactly what it is. That's uh, it's unfortunate for Michigan resident residents. So if you want to see that changed, we're going to have a new podcast be coming out probably in a few weeks where we talk about shipping and compliance. And there is one major theme to the end of it that says only you can get the laws changed by complaining to your local representatives. So do it. Vote them out. Vote them out. New 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 attorney general in Michigan. Yes. One that like sorry, you're spirit. probably a nice person, Attorney General in Michigan, but give this up. <laughs> yeah, we just we just need somebody that likes bourbon and likes sorry. to get bourbon ship. 
But tell you what, what it needs is that whoever the next attorney general is, we'll, we'll take your are. mead from Michigan and we'll <laughs> just take our bourbon. Well, they just need to find something that they like that they can't get in Michigan. And then they'll be like, I get it. Now I get it. So as soon as that happens, then maybe, maybe the tides will turn. We'll take the Traverse City cherries. We like those. Those Ooh, are good. Those are good. Yeah. Those I like the good. Traverse City stuff. So. so back to more NFTs. And that's that Buffalo Trace. We talked about this before, that they were going to sell their old-fashioned copper vintage bourbons on the blockbar.eth. And it was the first ever auction for an NFT. However, these went to raising a charity. And they raised a total of $280,000. One bottle in the collection fetched what is said to be a record of $60,000. So the six liter OFC vintage bourbon whiskey is distilled in 1982 and their accompanying NFTs were sold on Block Bar, which is a digital marketplace for wines and spirits. The sale was part of the distillery's mission to raise over $2 million for charity by donating 2,022 bottles of whiskey to fund raising causes. Now, I do remember we talked about this and I think we tried to figure out what was it actually going to go for on a few episodes ago, but I can't remember what we came up with. Uh, gosh, I, hell, I have no idea. I, I can't remember. So it went for 200 the magic something? number. So you said it went for 200? So all, all five of them together raised 280,000, but there was one that went for 60,000. Good grief. That's but it is six cash. liters. I mean, it's a six liter bottle. <laughs> yep that's, i mean it's totally worth it like it's, it's it's just a it's a big bottle it's a lot it's a massive bottle i just it's a lot like of dust drops bourbon. that but yeah well i should have i should have done a little research and listened back to figure out exactly what what our prediction was but i don't think it was that high i can guarantee that yeah gosh, that's sixty thousand dollars a lot of money for but that's awesome for charity good good for I hope well, it tastes good. I'm sure it does. Well, we'll get to more high dollar bottles here in a minute, and they're not even six liters, but that's after we talk about this real quick. And that's for everybody that's in the trade. If you're a distiller or if you are a blender or if you own a distillery, whatever it is, if you have ideas about the process of distilling and want to run some experiments, the ADI Distilling Research Grant is now looking for proposals to fund they have $25,000 to fund research this year and have donated over $31,000 so far. So if you aren't an academic or don't have an academic research background, they can also pair you up with distilling scientists to help you write and concise your proposals. You can email erico at distilling.com to find out more, but applications are open now until April 29th. I got a $6 million research project they can work on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How to raise money to put down new fill barrels at four different distilleries to eventually... Take through the whole process. <laughs> Sourcing, aging. Yeah, I think this is pain. mostly like for people that have no, I know. crazy ideas on fermentation or want to do something different. Like or they crazy want mash to, bills or something. It's, it's, it's not even necessarily crazy mash bills, but it's like analyzing... I don't know, the bubbles that come off of a fermentation and looking for certain enzymes and figuring out if that traces back to somebody. I don't really know. I mean, you could think of some crazy ideas, but that's what it's there for. So if you got a crazy idea, you can go ahead and do that. I know that we have talked about it before and some of the ones that have been accepted into the grant. But if you're, if you're smart and you're like distilling and science, 
here's your opportunity to kind of have a, a research grant to make it all happen. A couple thousand dollars to go and play around and make it happen. All right, so back to big bottle sales here. So Auctioneer Sotheby's, they held the world's most valuable sale of American whiskey on the secondary market, and it fetched $1.63 million, and that breaks the record for the most valuable auction of American whiskeys ever held. The auction featured two of the most significant collections to come to market in a single sale. The auction was headlined by the American Muscle Collection, which is a series of bourbons and rye whiskeys, including bottlings from Willett Family Estate. Another notable collection on offer is the Three Continents Collection Part 3. These whiskeys were once part of a collection of bourbons and ryes from the U.S. that were allocated from across five Sotheby's auctions in 2021 and 2022. With almost 100% of the lots sold and 75% of them selling above their pre-sale high estimates, the top spot for the most expensive lot in the auction went to a bottle of Linnell's Red Hook Rye 24-year-old barrel number four. And that sold for $43,750. And that was double its pre-sale high estimate, making it the joint most valuable bottle of rye whiskey ever sold at auction. There was another lot, a double vertical of Pappy Van Winkle from 2020 and 2021 releases, comprising 12 bottles in total. And that fetched $43,750. Other notable lots included a bottle of Michter's 20-year-old selling for $27,500, almost seven times the lot's pre-sale low estimate, and a six-bottle case of Willett Family Estate Single Barrel Bourbon's 10-year-old, which fetched around $17,500, which is 15 times the pre-sale low estimate. Sotheby said that the sale was dominated by domestic bidders, with 93% of lots acquired by collectors based in North America. Of those, nearly were 60% were new to Sotheby's, 77% were aged in their 40s or younger, and 42% were in their 30s or younger. Dang, new money getting after it, huh? I know. Tell you what, those are some crazy amount. It's interesting that uh, Mictors, I think you said 20 or is it 25? It was a Mictors 20 year, 27,500 yeah. for that. That seems odd, right? It must be an know, old, old vintage or something. Yeah, it's got to be a Stitzel. And then, but what's incredible is that one bottle out almost was what half of what 12 Van Winkles went for. It was the same exact price 43,750. You either got one bottle of Linnell's Red Hook Ripe, or you got a two verticals of Van Winkle. That's incredible. I wonder how many of those Red Hook Rise were released. Do you know? It or- said it somewhere in a, in a thing out of like four barrels as a total of, I don't know, 600 bottles, 700 bottles in total. So it, I don't think it was a ton, but that gives you an idea of kind of how crazy this is all got. You ever had one? So I'm trying to think, I think I have had Linnell's Red Hook Rye, but if I had, I mean, it was, <laughs> I a, it was a vapor pour. It was, there was a lot of bottles there that night, but there was, it was a vapor pour. It was very, very small. However, I do remember, and it kicked myself every single time, is that somebody had actually reached out to me probably about three or four years ago. And they said, Hey, I have a bottle of Red Hook that I want to sell. Would you be interested in it? And I was like, of course, like, let's do it. And we tried to find a good price because they wanted top dollar at the time. I wasn't going to pay top dollar at the time. Looking back, I should have paid top dollar. But I think he was trying to sell it to me for like 10000 or something like that. And I, of course, me being me, I was like, I don't want 10000 in a bottle. Like, oh, dear well, Lord. You being anyone, that's... <laughs> I know. 
so I, I mean, I was about, and it, he lives in New York. I was getting ready to, I was like, I'll fly. He was like, don't ship that thing. I will fly to New York, pick it up, like personally get it and figure out how to get it back. So uh, unfortunately. Sold it for 45 grand or whatever. I know. A few years later, could have doubled, tripled my money. But you know, that's, that's hindsight's twenty twenty. I We all have these, these things where you had eyes on a bottle of bourbon. You're like, nah, it's okay. And then. Fast forward a year or two, and you're like, well, yeah. never mind. I guess I should have been collecting Blanton's the entire time. Cured Oaks, mine. I could have bought a bunch at 400 bucks and was like, ah, that's just too expensive. And I'll I mean, it's just like Dusty's. I, I remember going on forums and seeing Dusty's and thinking, who would spend $80 on a bottle when it says $7.99 on the label? That's ridiculous. And it only yep. took me a few years later to realize, no, I'm the one that's ridiculous. I should have been. No, no, I'm the Dumbo, <laughs> as Gaffigan says. Yeah. Look in the mirror. Who's the Dumbo now? <laughs> yep. So this is not really a news story, but I thought it was pretty interesting. So Michael Veach, he's a historian for bourbon. You can go Google him. He's got some books and stuff like out there. And he put an article out that said, he was kind of a plea to try to figure out, well, what what can we do now that the laws are starting to change in Kentucky? Because this is a question that we get, I know, on a weekly basis, and I'm sure that anybody in Kentucky gets. And that is when out-of-state visitors come, the one question they ask is, what can I purchase here in Kentucky that I cannot find at home? And I'm sure that we all, at least Ryan and I, we kind of have this down to a T now that says, well... That's not the goal of the bourbon companies. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, A, it's nothing anymore, unless it's like, what, Heaven Hill, we used to be white label or well, green label. Well, Bartstown, Bald and Bond, and yeah, I don't know what else anymore. Green label, exactly. maybe, Heaven Hill. Yeah, there's not much. But I always said, that's not the goal of what these distilleries want to do. Their goal is to get their product out as far and as wide as possible. They don't want to just have something that's here. But he had a good idea. And he goes, I propose an answer to this question that every distillery... Do a single barrel, six-year-old, bottled and bond, bourbon or rye whiskey that they only sell in their gift shop or those that have gone on their distillery tour. This would be a unique bottle that would only be found in Kentucky, and it would give the bourbon tourists the bottle or bottles that they want to remember their trip to the distillery. It would not cost the distilleries that much of an investment, maybe just a new label approval, and that label could be a Kentucky bourbon trail label with the name of the distillery uh, for each distillery. In fact, he says, I could also see tourists making a collection of all the official bonded whiskeys on the trail. It would also be a reason to come back to their favorite distilleries every year since bonded whiskeys all come from the same year and same season, so every season may yield a slightly different result. I like that idea. That's, I like that, Veach. Good job, buddy. I think the only thing I could probably poke a hole at in there is that he said do a single barrel. It, that wouldn't last very long, so might as well just Yeah, dump. that's only a couple hundred bottles. So. Yeah, so dump, you know, 80 barrels, and hopefully you have enough to make it through the yeah the rush or whatever it is for the season but i mean i guess depending on how big your distillery is if you're a craft distiller you're probably not dumping 80 barrels but you might do three or four or five but on the larger scale for your heaven hills and your gym beams of course you could do something like that but this is I a see people it's, it's like a novel idea trying to fill out their bourbon passport with the bottles you know that's yeah i like that idea See, it's something. And plus it gets people to come back because we can have be a part of it. Or yeah. no, we can't. We have three different distillers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we couldn't be a part of it. If we yeah. did, we'd have to wait a few years until we have some extra stock of Kentucky stuff just sitting around. And it wouldn't be United. It would just be uh, Kenny and Ryan's bottled 
and Bond whiskey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll put our marketing hats on and think of a better name. But uh, the other thing that he also said in there that I kind of remember now is saying that you could put like one of those faux tax stamps or tax strips on it. And it has the dates as of the distilling season. And so that way it might be able to be something that is visually representative when you went there and, and everything like that. So the next time you go back, there'll be one with an incremental year on it. I'm down. I like it. Hopefully some people get on board with this. I know. Well, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> you know, wish in one hand and crap in the other and see which gets filled up first. That's right. <laughs> All right. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with some bourbon release news. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for some bourbon release news. Not a whole lot to go through, but there are a few things that you might want to know about. And, I mean, we're always trying to figure out what's the new and hot thing. I, I will say that, just to give a shout-out real quick, I had the opportunity to sit in with some folks from Heaven Hill today, and they were going over their new... Uh, the new 17-year release, not the old Fitzgerald, but the new one that there's kind of be their their kind of new flagship offering, and they've got some they got a lot of cool things on the radar, and I'm excited to be a part of something that they're building where they're going to be providing samples and be able to allow people like Ryan and I to taste these as the years go and figure out exactly what are they going to release down the road. So. Do they want our opinions or no? <laughs> well, they, they said so. I mean, it's actually pretty cool. They even said they will have an online portal where you get to go and enter in your tasting notes and you can go and review them. And so if that same barrel sample comes back another year or two years later, you can go and revisit it and figure out exactly, has it changed? What's it going to be? Is it ready yet? Does it need to still age? So they're kind of starting to crowdsource their their limited edition and heritage releases. So I think it's a pretty novel it's idea. Very smart. I like yes. it. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about that more when they cut a press release for it, but 
there's your sort of first inside look at it. But here's another one that came from a press release, and it's unfortunate, but these things happen, and that's Michter's Distillery will say that they're going to be waiting until 2023 to release its 10-year bourbon. So the plan is to keep the barrels that were originally slated to be bottled this year to age one year further. Michter's Master of Maturation, Andrea Wilson, stated that bourbon enthusiasts often tell us how much they love our 10-year bourbon for its depth and complexity. And while we know our Michter supporters will be disappointed, just know that we are continuing to stay true to our philosophies of who we are as a company and as a brand by always delivering extraordinary whiskey to those who are willing to wait. So it's going to be an 11-year next year? Nah, yeah, it's kind of, you know, one of those things. <laughs> as long as it's the, the youngest one in the, in the bunch, who knows? I, maybe they'll double up for next year? And they'll have the 10 and 11 and just dump it all into one. But you know, they have their, their label. Is that just created. for the bourbon or the rye too? It It is just for the bourbon. I believe the okay. rye is coming out and I believe we might've talked about it. I, Ooh, I love that. That's, I love their 10 year rye. I like the bourbon too. It's always fantastic, but I love the rye especially. Yep. And it, it's it's i love seeing this but you always got to look at the people that are the big turkey advocates out there and you see a press release that mictor's 10 years not coming out what's going to happen to it and they've all the people talking about it and then everybody on the turkey side's like well if there's russell's reserve 10 years here on the shelf you can get it all <laughs> right. day every day for 50 bucks <laughs> so that's very true that's and, true and what russell's is 110 what, proof 110 versus 93 point yeah it's double digits pretty very precise if i remember correctly yeah but to be fair turkey's been the game a lot longer so they've been in the game a lot longer and there was a lot of good mictors 10 years in the 2014 and prior years that whoo those are those are stellar bourbons right there totally yeah won't go into that because unless you got a delorean there's really no point in talking about it so Old Dominic and Overton Park Conservatory are celebrating a newly renamed Overton Park 9 with a seven-year-old barrel wheat whiskey. Sorry, single barrel wheat whiskey. So Old Dominic bottled four individual barrels of straight wheat whiskey aged seven years in a West Tennessee white oak barrel. And this was in celebration of a major renovation of the park's historic nine-hole golf course. The commemorative bottle of Hewling Station Single Barrel Straight Wheat Whiskey celebrates the 2021 renovation of the Overton Park Golf Course, spearheaded by King Collins Golf Course Design, whose flagship project is Sweeten's Cove Golf Club, located just outside of Chattanooga. Only four individual wheat whiskey barrels, which is a mash bill of 83% wheat, 12% corn, and 5% malted barley, they were all bottled at cask strength and have a resulting range of proofs of 116 up to 119. The limited release, which features a custom ball marker on the cork, will be available in the Memphis area liquor stores beginning on Monday, April 4th, with a suggested retail price of $76. And a portion of the proceeds from this release will be donated to the Overton Park 9 to support the park's efforts in keeping the public golf courses accessible, affordable, and welcoming to all. That's cool. I like that. I like that idea. I'd like to go to Sweden's Cove. I'd be... That's, one of, that's a trip I want to do because I love Chattanooga. I'd love to get back to Memphis. I, I miss Memphis. And <laughs> yeah. I loved old Dominic. Um, the, that distiller is a beautiful place. And yeah, it's a cool project. So and we like weeded whiskey. So it's all home runs. And golf. I mean, I'll, golf. I'll drink some we, bourbon and... We suck, some, but... Yeah. I mean, 
I, we can I just use have the marker count. on the bottle, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Do that. I just have to count for my slice. So if I'm if I, if I know I'm just going to take it to the right, all I do is just aim <laughs> just a little aim way left. left. <laughs> yeah, just aim to the left. I'll take a few yards off my shot, but that's okay. It's funny. I do that, and when I do it, that's the time I hit it straight, and it just goes way off into the straight road. left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hook it, hook it hard. I don't. Yeah, maybe I was like trying to see how you could compensate. Never mind. Just. I can't go by the old Dominic. <laughs> yeah, you can't compensate for bad swing. That's what it comes down to. You, Pretty much. Yeah, maybe the whiskey will help. Who knows? So at the end of 2020, Barton 17 to 1792 Distillery. <laughs> I, I know, I'm tripping up all over. I'm so stories. glad uh, you read these, not me. <laughs> I'm just like, blah, blah, Barton. So blah. Well, they defined a new category of what they called extended cask finished bourbon whiskey through the introduction of the distillery's first ultra premium brand named Thomas S. Moore. This line of bourbons intended to honor Thomas S. Moore, who was an in- innovative bourbon pioneer who built the distillery known today as Barton 1792. The tall, sophisticated bottles feature imagery that pays homage to the legacy of Thomas S. Moore. And each label displays the image of a racehorse standing tall, honoring one of Moore's earliest whiskey brands, Bell of Nelson, named for the thoroughbred who won the Kentucky Oaks in 1878. The collection provided a new insight into the significance of additional finishing and parts on the whiskey, elevating the flavors and aromas. Now, Barton 1792 is releasing its second collection of extended cask-finished bourbon whiskeys in the Thomas S. Moore line. This release is made up of four different expressions, including a cognac, Madeira, sherry, and Merlot-finished bourbon whiskeys. And to create these whiskeys, they had their signature high-rye recipe that was aged for five to six years in new charred oak barrels before filling the other casks that were previously maturing other various wines or spirits from around the world. These whiskeys are then left at age for an additional one to four years. The cognac barrels that Kahn used, Danny Kahn, who we talked about before, used general. actually they held cognac for six or eight more years previously. The Merlot barrels came from premium wineries from Napa and Sonoma areas. The sherry barrels were all Oloroso sherry. And a variety of different types of Madeira barrels were used. Danny Kahn, who personally tasted every single barrel that went into this release at least once, he created a few sub-blends for each expression. From there, the sub-blends were then sorted based on categories of flavors from which the final blends were chosen. The four resulting expressions are a beautiful demonstration of the art of blending. So the Madeira casks are aged approximately, sorry, were aged approximately two to four years and is 96.5 proof. The Merlot casks are approximately two to four years and is 93.3. Sherry is one to four at 98.7. And the Cognac is approximately two to four years and is 93.4 proof. They all have a suggested retail price of $70. Yeah, we were lucky enough to try these and my gosh, they were really good. Like, Typically with, uh, you know, finished bourbons, you kind of get like an almost overpowering, um, you know, whatever spirit that was in there before. These were just nice and subtly there. Danny Khan did a great job of, you know, as I said, blending these all together. It was uh, really good. And I'm excited for these to, and the price points really, uh, I mean, that's a good deal. Yeah, for what, seven years, six to seven years that was just in bourbon and then aged another one to four years. So on the high side, you have some 10-year stuff. On the low side, you've got some seven to eight-year stuff. So no, it's it's pretty interesting. And we had the opportunity, we actually recorded an episode with Danny Khan that will be released on April 21st. So mark your calendars for that one where we go deep and diving into yeast because I don't know, we spent 
20 minutes just talking about yeast for some reason. And then we started diving into talking about Thomas S. Moore and what it takes to actually create this collection. And yeah, he, he brought all the bottles there. And I remember the, the cognac was, of course, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. It was cognac. But I also like the, uh, if I remember correctly, the sherry one as well. Yeah. And even the Madeira, usually with Madeira, it's like kind of dry and bitter. It was like really balanced. It was, yes. It was good stuff. It is. It is. So, uh, congratulations. Save us a bottle. Yeah. Well, we. I was waiting for this press release to come out because I I almost queued it up and I almost put a picture of these out there a few weeks ago because I was diving into them. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't think these, this has been released yet. I think I should probably hold back. And so I sent a message to their PR people. I was like, has this been talked about yet? And they said, no, thank you for not posting. So, saved us from Very getting wise a, beginning. So, yeah, saved us from our first cease and desist from Sazerac there. So, oh gosh, yeah, yeah. We don't we don't want one of those. Our lawyers aren't big enough. We'd have to we have to we have to beg and plead Brian from sipping court. I was like, like Brian, please fight this. <laughs> Brian, where are you? <laughs> Tell them we're sorry. Tell them we're sorry. So we talked about NFTs. We've talked about other things in the digital space. This one isn't even about bourbon, but as our last story, and I try to find the craziest ones to talk about. And this is because Netherlands-based Heineken. They launched their first brand new virtual beer called Heineken Silver. So the Heineken virtual beer launched exclusively in its virtual brewery within the immersive digital platform Decentraland. Heineken has always been passionate about natural ingredients, but in the metaverse, it's all about the finest 100% computer generated ingredients. So Heineken's special A yeast, usually brewed in horizontal tanks, has been replaced with A pixels, it says. The virtual Heineken Silver is brewed with a binary-coated hops grown by non-player character farmers, and the whole virtual brewing process is overseen by Heineken's dedicated virtual brewing assistants that are digitized stand-ins for its star brewers. These elements come together to develop a completely unique beer that visitors to the Heineken's virtual brewery in Decentraland will be able to see in the virtual world. The virtual beer was unveiled at a product launch event in Heineken's virtual brewery, where guests were able to learn about how the beer is made in seconds, while enjoying pixelated lobster and caviar and rubbing shoulders with Heineken ambassadors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> is the world getting too weird for you? This is what I this is what I'm scared of with <laughs> NFTs and all this. It's like, oh man. Yeah. I mean this I, is this is like worst case scenario, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I read <laughs> worst case scenario. I, I read this and I said, Oh gosh, like there's there's no way. There's no way that this is gonna be sustainable I, I just don't see this i i watch ready player one it's an amazing movie i just don't see that happening and and people living in this virtual space they and just to go and launch a virtual beer i my gosh i mean i don't know man people already do it with social media they're like i'd rather watch this reality of someone else being at this place than enjoy my reality right now and it's already happening and i can see people I don't know. I just hope they don't buy virtual beers. Sorry, Heineken. Whatever. <laughs> if you want to sponsor the show, we love you, but I, I, I can't get behind this. <laughs> it's, I don't know, virtual beers, virtual virtual something. I, I don't know. It, it definitely takes it to another extreme where I can't I can't wrap my... You gotta, I know that movie is out. I can't bring myself to watch it because I'm just so scared to watch it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a great movie. It'll mess with my mind. But for the most part, this I just enjoying pixelated lobster and caviar. Get out of here. I mean Right. I mean what's the like, mmm 
<laughs> splurge tonight on you, this <laughs> you don't even know how to like respond to this <laughs> I don't even like how do you just like I don't know you put your glasses on and I, I'll shut up <laughs> <laughs> Is there, there's gonna be somebody out there that listens to this show go oh I was there it was just fantastic I got one in my NFT wallet now I shouldn't talk great... I bought a an NFT this past week so it's I'm part of the problem well I think the NFTs that like certificate something like a membership or a bottle, this or that, but this like virtual world, like I, I can't get behind it, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'm just old curmudgeon now at 36 years old, but well, the good know. thing is, is we got a few more years until our kids are trying to get us to, to join the virtual world. We can, we can, we can keep playing in this, this physical world of dealing with glass shortages and everything else that gives us real world headaches instead of having to deal with virtual headaches. I know. Do we just put our glasses on the, and then the glass shows up? No pun intended. <laughs> like, oh, it's here. Oh, oh it's so much better. It was made in seconds. It was and digitized. My silver Heineken. I can get drunk without drinking and have <laughs> caviar. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to look at it even from like a tech perspective because you look at what happened with things like Pokemon Go, which is an augmented reality where people go and they walk around and collect stuff and it's still huge. People still play it. And this is just maybe the next phase, but I, whatever. I mean, I guess we, sh we shouldn't knock it until we need to come out with the United digitized version. We'll have to figure out what we're going to call it, but never <laughs> United. Never. Is that what you want to call it? <laughs> no, I'm just never doing <laughs> yeah, that. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it just exists in an idea and maybe on this episode. Right. It, it's, it, it dies right now. Until somebody goes and steals it and they put it in the metaverse and then we have to buy it back from them. They're just going to squat on it. Oh, man. I need to go, like, journal and think about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you go journal. Everybody else, enjoy your weekend or your drive or your ride home. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, listen to this. Cheers. Thank you for sticking with us, and we'll see you next week. Toodles. Toodles.